Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Fire and Air. Hello, hello. You're with your host Kush and Umar. Hello. Hello, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is my cousin Misha. Say hello, Misha. Hello, everyone. From America, if you can't tell from her accent. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Misha. Welcome, welcome, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just a little bit on who Misha is, how I know her, like, you know, just her (laughs) her relevance to this episode. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So our mums used to be best friends. Yeah, our mums used to be best friends and um, they went university together so um and they just stayed in touch they stayed really really close and um even though Misha lived in America and I live in England we used to we used to have reunions like once a year didn't we yeah definitely more frequent when we were younger huh she's not my real cousin she's my fake cousin <laughs> all the ethnic sisters will understand fake cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've just kind of like not grown up together but I've known her my whole life but then we had a few years of no contact at all how many years was that wow I I feel like I went from seeing you like as a preteen and then all of a sudden you were like this beautiful grown woman and I was like what yes yeah we reunited in 2018 and just it was just like no time had ever passed and we've just had a really beautiful bond ever since. It's just been really, really beautiful. Yeah. Like the sister I never had. It's true. So true. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we have a few questions for Misha. Um, she's a very interesting person and she has a very specific goal in life and she, you know, she is always acting on achieving this goal and we just wanted to ask her a few questions and um, let you guys see her answers because it's super cool. Mm-hmm. So Uma, do you want to start with question one? Yeah, of course. Okay, I want to know a little bit about yourself just in generally, your background, where you were growing up, any crazy stories that you think defined you even, that would be quite cool. Um, And just your journey into everything that you're so passionate about. And from just looking at your Instagram, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) So, yeah. I think the most formative and most long-lasting part of my life is my spirituality. I grew up in a Hindu household And um, so we always did puja. We always talked about the different Hindu deities. And my father in particular is a really spiritual person. Um, And I remember being really young and feeling communion with God. And um, there's two instances that I remember. I remember once in the bathtub, I was just like, just (laughs) honestly talking to God. Like, I just like, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, and I and I was just talking to him, and uh, I remember getting a message, getting a download, and it was basically like, never forget, you know, that you were made in perfection. You were made in the image of God, and you're beautiful. Yeah. How old were you? Yeah, I was like four. (gasps) And And you, (laughs) the fact that you was aware and recognized it, I remember that to this day. Yeah, that's so that just shows the impact that it had. It's a flashbulb moment. Thank you. The other <laughs> one that was, <laughs> the other one that was really intense is I was like five or six and I went to go swimming 
and I saw the older girl that I was with, uh, she was swimming with no floaties on. And I was like, you know what? That looks easy enough. I'm going to get in this pool and I'm going to swim. It did not work. I, <laughs> I sank to the bottom like a rock. And yeah, so like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was uh, drowning and I didn't really struggle. I just remember really coming to terms with it and being oh like, God. you know what? Yeah, I like faced my mortality. I was five. Oh and again, I prayed to God. I was just like, tell everyone that I love them. And, you know, it's cool. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. You know how we always say, Mish, that we have like quite um, parallel um, events happening to us, that like we have quite parallel yeah. lives. That's insane yeah. because in 2017, I was scuba diving and I had a scuba diving accident and I what, thought I was essentially drowning. And I literally remember in that moment that I accepted I'm going to die and I just felt at peace with the. I, I wasn't panicking. I just really? felt at peace. I literally wow. just thought, this is it. Like, I'm going to die. And I felt okay. So, so I really crazy. relate to that. Like, I really understand yes. what you mean. When I was younger, let's see, I'm the complete opposite I was stressing I used to go to swimming lessons and there's this girl who like was swimming next to me and she started drowning and she started like holding me to like get up as well like mm-hmm. as a safety kind of thing mm-hmm. and I couldn't help her so then I started drowning with her and the only way we obviously could have stopped drowning is if I pushed her off me so we can both rise yeah and she just like wasn't letting go we were so young she just like was that scared and panicky so I just like had to literally push her off me like push and then like then I had to rise I had no time to think about it oh my god I had to just like push her off me was she okay yeah okay yeah <laughs> we were survived, but unfortunately, she was going to survive. No, no, she was fine, thank God. Oh but God. I was just like, oh my God, man, get off of me. Get off. Right. I was to die because you're not getting off me. Well, that's not. That's like your fault, you know. Like you're yeah. like, wait, I'm not ready to go. This <laughs> isn't my bag. My <laughs> time. This is not my problem. <laughs> but it's me and Kushboo. That was all us. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You and, two were alone. Well, and you know what the thing is? Like with both of our stories, like it's completely our fault. Like you try to do, you try to swim. <laughs> with my situation, I let go of the rope because I like misread the command, and <laughs> the, everyone else went to the surface, and I'm I just let go of the. I, I I let go of the rope thinking oh this is what I meant to do this is what he meant and then I start drowning don't I <laughs> uh oh uh oh indeed but yeah do continue yeah do continue um yeah so I've just always felt really spiritually connected um some may think I'm crazy but I just it's really helped me get through life mm-hmm. and um later on in life I had a period where I was really angry and nihilistic and I was like there is no god why would my life suck this much if there was a god you know yeah yeah you know what accompanied that was realizing that the world is really messed up like you know the government um you know in America is edging on fascism at any given moment and uh, we prioritize war over the good of people and you know, capitalism is creating these terrible yep. injustices. So I uh, came back around eventually to, you know, find my spiritual connection. And I found yoga, um, which is, you know, of India, it's of my heritage. And so I got into yoga and I've been obsessed ever since. Oh, wow. 
So you found that yoga has personally helped you with reconnecting with your spiritual side when you went through that kind of phase. It was kind of like Mm -hmm. motivating you back into it. Mm -hmm, For sure. And and it, it marries the whole thing because yoga has been appropriated and it's been taken by these systems that I'm so angry with. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it allows me to dig into my heritage and it also gives me purpose um, in how to dismantle these systems that are oppressing people. Uh, okay, That's so really that actually leads, yeah, that actually really leads perfectly into our next question. So can you tell us a little bit more about your Insta platform, your business, what your mission is, how that's related to decolonization and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So this summer I got really inspired because Black Lives Matter really had an uprising in America and then in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all about, you know, police brutality and racism against black people, but it also kind of uplifts anyone who's a person of color and makes them Mm -hmm. reevaluate, like, how do I stand in this world and how am I treated because of being a person of color? And I just really felt into it and I was like, you know, every time I've gone to find yoga, I find myself in exclusively white spaces. Mm-hmm. That's so and true. Yeah. That's never questioned like, either. No. That's never been questioned. And it's so it's so normalized for us. Like we'll go to a yoga class, it'll be led by um <clears throat> a white woman and we just won't yeah, even everyone around we'll just we'll just associate yoga with skinny white girls yeah. that is just the yeah. association we all have definitely yes and yeah which is just kind of a microcosm of society as a whole this yeah. thin white woman has this teaching seat this seat of authority mm-hmm. and then other people are ex- expected to look up to her as the like prototype of you know success or or spirituality or whatever it is her body because ultimately what it's been turned to is a fitness program Mm -hmm, you know it it comes from india as part of even it's it's pre-vedic it's a really old um spiritual art form and now it's like whose ass looks best in these hundred (laughs) dollar leggings that's literally what it is i was like you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna try to be the voice of reason of reclaiming yoga. But the cool thing is I went into it and I found that there are people already doing this. There's big communities. And one person who I found, and I was like so excited when she sent me a voice message is her name is Susanna um, Barakati. And she has um, like 20 years in this field of decolonizing yoga, uplifting black voices. And she just released a book and I've taken, yeah. So like I just found I found this community finally of people who are like, that's not right what yeah. you're doing over there. Yeah. Um, can you um, define decolonization just for people who are listening mm. in case they're a little bit confused about and what you mean by yeah, that? What you mean by that? Like, what does, what is it? What does it look like for you? Sure. So be- the whole world has been colonized and I come from two places that have been. So India was colonized by Britishers. That's when people from another place, predominantly white people, come in, take resources, implement their own systems, and start stripping the indigenous people of their rights and of their practices. And then in America, you know, it's people from Britain who got sick of the way their government was treating them, and they came in and took from the indigenous people here. So that's what colonization is. And colonization has this effect of creating classes of people, and there's a big oppressed minority at the bottom 
um, this comes, you know, into play if you're a person of color, if you're queer, um, if you're an indigenous person, and um, if you're a woman. And so decolonizing is unlearning what society teaches you, what your worth is, what reality should look like, you know, what these systems at play are, and relearning your ancient medicine. Um, and okay. so, yeah. So basically, just like relearning what was actually ours to begin with, what was mm -hmm. taken away from us, what was stolen from us, and just basically what was demonized. Yeah, and, yeah. and reconnecting yeah. with what was actually once ours. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Proud of. Exactly. And that feeds absolutely. into a lot of cultural appropriation that you see in the media today constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been decades and decades where, um, this is obviously going focusing on the black community mm -hmm. but there's been decades and decades of where big lips and braids and mm -hmm. all these um staples in african caribbean tradition mm -hmm. that has just been demonized by predominantly white people and only in the last however many years where the Kardashians and, you know, media making it look cool that now it's the in thing and, oh, it's the suit, like, it's the ideal. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's been demonised. But it's been demonised for the people who, like, where it comes from. Like, yeah. the people who, yeah. who who created it. But then this, the people who demonise it will then yeah. use it to their own advantage. Yeah. And so, that's what culture yes. appropriation is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So when we're relating that back to you and your journey... So are you saying that yoga is your way of kind of your niche way of trying to solve that wider issue that has happened over generations? Yeah, definitely. I think Indian culture is one of the most appropriated and least talked about in the world because I found myself like you'll find Ganesha like on a thong, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, actually it actually makes me feel sick when I see stuff like yeah. that. Oh have God. you seen um Iggy Azalea's album cover from like years ago now no, no I haven't basically it was her as Lakshmi and she's mm. coming out of the lotus and she's literally got so many arms like For real yeah and it's her face and it's her body structure and I just thought like what the fuck like that is so <laughs> messed up why you think yeah. you could embody yourself as like one of our goddesses now yeah. like who told you that was okay and that looks hip that looks edgy that's yeah. gonna get her sales whereas for the same culture, we get discriminated against. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Actually, Cardi B just did it, and she got a lot of trouble, which yeah. makes me sad. I love Cardi B, but she emulated Durga, yeah, for yeah. her sneaker line. But yeah, she did. Actually, a bit of a side question. So, Mish, have you ever? So now that you've really gotten like passionate about decolonizing cultural appropriation, do you have you looked into yourself and thought? about times you have actually um, appropriated a culture yourself? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I think black culture is, in America, just the quintessential, like, we're going to sell this to you and it's cool, but then actual people who are from this culture are treated like second-class citizens, are mm -hmm. killed, in, you know, black men are killed 12 times more likely than yeah. a white man. Yeah. But then, you know, the way that a black woman speaks or the way a black man dresses is yeah. what they'll sell to you. Yeah, and that exists here as well. Like, I think the rates are a lot higher in America, yeah. And then I don't know what this is like in the UK, but you can tell me, but, you know, America is where Native Americans 
obviously are from. And that is another massively appropriated uh, culture. And there's so many tribes. So to call them one monolith is the same as when you say, oh, like all Asians. And it's like, no, there's so many different countries and cultures in Asia. Um, but, you know, Native Americans have been turned into this monolith. And in this new age, like white spiritual community, you know, they sell dream catchers. They talk about who's your spirit animal, like white sage is going extinct here because it's being sold. And so I've definitely participated in that before I woke up and realized um, what I need to be doing is uplifting indigenous voices. And yeah. I need to be giving money and resources to the tribes that live here still not, you know, yeah. buy it from some white lady. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And actually I, um, I was thinking as well. So in order for cultural appropriation, in order for um, colonization to actually, you know, slow down, stop, um, in, the people that are the people that are doing this, they need to first of all have some kind of acceptance that they are doing it, and I think that's the hardest part mm -hmm. because it's like even people like us, like people that are so passionate about this kind yeah. of stuff, like we can all look into our past and be like, oh, I was, I, I was definitely ignorantly racist at one point in my yeah. life. I was I appropriated at one point in my yeah. life. Yeah, like, yeah. I've definitely ignored colonization, and, and it, it it takes that acceptance in yeah. order for change to happen. But I think that acceptance is the hardest part because nobody wants to look into themselves yeah. and be like oh shit like yeah what I did that time that yeah. was culture appropriation or like oh shit like that mindset I had that was racist actually and I didn't mm -hmm. realize it but I think we need to encourage that it's okay that we've all we've all been a perpetrator of this and that's okay we can just need to accept yeah it. and I think that yeah. leads into the big kind of I don't know it's really new and really like up and coming and hopefully more people latch onto it but it's the perspective that Color blindness doesn't help anyone. Just mm -hmm. saying you're not racist doesn't help anyone. But, you know, really looking into your behaviors, really looking into the small things that you do to mm -hmm. make sure you are being anti racist, that's exactly. what is important. Yeah. And, and that's, that's gotten what really big recently. And right. that's something that actually that changed my whole perception because obviously when the Black Lives Matter movement blew up after the really unfortunate incident with George Floyd, yeah. um, it was all over social media about it's not enough to just not be racist, you need to be yeah. anti-racist. And, and and you can't be anti-racist until you accept that you are ignorantly racist. Yeah. And yeah, 99% of people have that side, have yeah. had that side of them in the past. And it's, yeah, it's important to remember that as well. Like, you know, even it's our responsibility to make sure we don't continue to do these things and educate ourselves but making the first mistakes when we're younger and you know not knowing as much it's it's not okay but also it's been programmed into us through institutions through even the way family is set up all these small things have fed into these ideologies it's remembering that it wasn't exactly our fault that you know things might have happened but it is our fault if we continue to let it happen. Exactly. Um, exactly. And not take responsibility. Mm -hmm. for it's it. our fault mm -hmm. to remain ignorant to these things. It, we're at a, mm -hmm. we're at a stage in this world where we we have all the sources available to us. We need to educate ourselves and we need to be the change. <laughs> be the change. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> With yoga, would you say the same meaning is interchangeable with 
meditation too for you for um well yeah meditation is the soul of yoga like that's a great way to decolonize it is to start there is it's not a fitness program it's a way to master the senses to still the mind and to have a spiritual experience so um yeah they're one in the same in that way yeah it's a it's a communion with yourself and I I talked to an indigenous person recently who was like you know anything can be a meditation you're right if you go into it with that intention like yeah besides yoga I really like skateboarding because it's that like individual kind of like moment with yourself Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) Um, okay, so Misha, um, now that we've talked about yoga and meditation, can you um, do a bit of shameless self-promotion? Tell us a bit yes. about your business, what it's about. Gas like, yourself up yes. to the max right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving me that space. So I created an inclusive virtual studio called Alchemistic Studio. Um, and I have a class schedule, so I have opportunities for folks to come and practice in their capacity. So we have meditation classes that you can do seated or laying down all the way up to like very dynamic classes, like awaken flow, which is kind of like a more vinyasa based, um, faster paced flow. And then, um, I'm also working on deeper immersions that I'm going to release soon, which I'm super excited about. Yes. Can you tell so us that a bit more really... about that? What does that um, mean? Deeper okay. Well, y'all are the first people to hear this. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. That's so exciting. Oh. Tell us, tell us, tell us. The, there's several chakra systems, um, mm-hmm. like, all over the body. But there's the seven main ones that everyone knows in the West. And there's mm-hmm. been, like, a billion and two chakra workshops in the world. But what I want to do is marry my two visions always. And so I want to do a chakra workshop about how energetic centers in our body have been affected by being marginalized people in society. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So if the root chakra is, if it's usually blocked by feeling unsafe in family dynamics or group dynamics, well, then you're way more likely to have blockages in those centers as a queer person or as a person of color because the whole society is set up for you to feel unsafe in any given moment. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to yeah, just dive into each energy center, how your identity relates to society, and then wow. just give tips on how to unblock those spaces that sounds amazing it's all zoom right now it's all virtual and i'm super open to scheduling around people's needs and so i'm in california currently um but i've done classes like earlier or later based on where folks are at so my website is www.alchemistic a-l-c-h-e-m-y-s-t-i-c studio.com and then shoot, shoot me an email and yeah let's work it out let's practice together definitely oh, that is amazing oh my god i'm gassed whoever's do- gonna do it i might even do it I'm not gonna Yay. And so yeah you mentioned um you're also really passionate about queer empowerment and i just wanted to ask you like what can you talk us through your journey with your own sexual orientation because i i've known you my whole life and i didn't even know um i thought you were straight until you said we had a girlfriend you know (laughs) (laughs) a girlfriend your journey on um, yeah. sexual orientation, your passion for queer empowerment. So just tell us a bit about that. 
You know, I'm, I came out late in life. I was 27, but I'm lucky in that I wasn't, you know, 60 or 70. Some people mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, you're, you're gay or bi or pan or straight your whole life, right? Like mm-hmm. I've experienced my sexuality the way I have my whole life. And um, I should have been tipped off when I would have like best friends that were girls and like, <laughs> I'd be like buying them rose gold bracelets and like calling them I love them. Been, I would say I'm pansexual and I have been my whole life. Can you explain and, that? Sorry. Sure. Pansexuality is people who are attracted to others, not based on their gender, but rather based on their inherent connection to them, whether it be an emotional connection or a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And Actually, so- on that, sorry, sorry to interrupt, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but, um, I've go recently, on, like, so I'm reading um, A New Earth right now. Have you read it, Mish? I have not. Oh, let me just read it. Um, and yeah, and like I was thinking actually that people that are pansexual have to be inherently spiritual yeah. as well. Because yeah. to mm-hmm. be able to only be attracted attracted to someone's energy, you need to be able to look at someone yeah. as a formless being. Like you not, need to be able to yeah. have that kind of side of spirituality mm-hmm. um explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can't like yeah. you're looking at someone not in their form, not identified to their gender. You're just looking them looking at them as purely a soul, purely as energy. So yeah. I think only yeah. like there has to be a strong correlation between homosexuality, pansexuality and spirituality. I feel that I think everyone's born with psychic gifts and my biggest one is clairsentience. I feel people. And so like I've described this a lot where if I like someone, it's because of how I felt them and how they made me feel. Sometimes I don't even, I don't even know what they look like for the first couple meetings, like genuinely. And then I'll look at them and I'll be like, oh, you're hot. That's cool. yeah bonus I mean, that's the same thing with yeah. me like yeah. yeah that's what like all my friends are always like why do you take guys that are just like not as peng as you <laughs> <laughs> means attractive me peng means attractive yeah and <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, really that's oh really did I teach you that well yeah definitely you definitely you <laughs> <laughs> um and I'm just like, well, why? Like, I don't know. I just find them attractive as I go along because the energies, I'm just like yeah. so engulfed by whatever they're like radiating. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone has the capability of being pansexual. Do you think it's like within all of us, but we just have to get to the point where we dissociate with everyone's identification? I think sexuality is on a spectrum. And I think. It's not fair to say, you know, everyone is one thing. I think I have a really hard time believing in someone who's 100% straight. Personally, yeah. like, I can't believe everyone's 100% straight. Yeah. But, like, that's because I'm so pan, yeah. maybe. Like, I can be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I but, like, I guess they're out there. Like, I guess there's people out there that just don't want to have sex with the opposite sex. Yeah. And so like No, I think that could just be a thing. Yeah, I think I think it's only ignorance when it's like I would never have sex with the same sex because I think it's like disgusting mm, and I think yeah. like this is wrong and mm. you know my religion teaches me this yeah. like yeah. that's when it's ignorance it's like come on like look beyond the rules that society have taught mm. you um I know what you mean though like sometimes I hear about polyamorous people and I'm like super monogamous and I'm like are they more evolved than me like are they beyond jealousy are they I guess they're more primitive if anything they're not more evolved they're more primitive because uh, yeah. I, I just don't think humans are meant to be monogamous interested we're not meant to be monogamous societal concept that's created but you might think differently because you just said you're so monogamous so yeah 
Exactly. So that's why I'm saying everything's on a spectrum and it's like just different strokes for different folks, honestly. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Amen. Sister. But um, yeah, so on your journey, so you came out when you were 27. Yeah. So I, it was the summer of a, a big breakup and I was really liberating myself and I was like really diving into who I am and genuinely trying to form identity outside of relationships because I'm a Libra so we be codependent sometimes and <laughs> don't spill all our secrets so, <laughs> but I was like you know what I'm ready to do this and I made a YouTube video where I was like coming I can't what I called it was coming out to myself because that's yeah. the first step is you tell your you admit it to yourself and you become really comfortable with that and then you tell people and then you tell people forever basically yeah. and um yeah. All my friends and family watched it. And then I was like, okay, cool. And I changed my dating apps to like girls and boys and then mm. went on my merry way. And now I have a beautiful partner who's non-binary. So I didn't even know it would go, you know, down that road where I started as bisexual, but I really identify now as pansexual because, you know, my partner's non-binary. Yeah. So, can you explain um, non-binary to our audience as well? Someone who doesn't subscribe to the binary, they don't identify as a woman or a man. They're kind of someone who transcends that experience. Yeah. yeah. So there's phases of her, um, of her life where she feels like she's emitting more masculine energy, and then sometimes yes. she feels like she's emitting more feminine energy. Like mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. just switches between the two and doesn't really find identification with either. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of, I resonate with that as well, but I'm very like feminine presenting. So yeah, yeah. that's a whole nother journey to go down. (laughs) (laughs) So would you say that you, um, you were in denial about your sexuality until the age of 27? Yeah, I think so. I know I had like, you know, I'd kissed women or hooked up with them to some extent, but I would say I was in denial, um, because I was scared. Like, it's not that I was like, oh, ew, that's weird. It's like, it was just terrifying. I mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm Indian and sure, my parents aren't like the strictest, but it still is like, will my parents hate me? And uh, like, what does that mean for me? My parents were cool about it. I remember when my dad watched the video, he was like, don't put that out there. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> too late. What? Yeah, I did, and you gotta accept it. And, and I, I introduced him to Maria, and he was cool about it. So, Aww. yeah. So that really surprises me, Misha, because I've always seen you like my whole life. I've looked up to you as such an open person, like someone who just wears their heart on their sleeve. And mm. to be such an open person on the surface level, but still be in denial about such a big part of yourself for twenty-seven yeah. years, like that's that's really that really surprises me. I think that is yeah. your interaction between Libra and Leo, though. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Because I think Libra energy is presenting as somebody that's really confident and empowered and like a boss. Like Libra energy mm. is very boss energy. Mm. And Leo, I think, is can also be quite stubborn and can also be quite just like guarded. Like if you, they want to guard something for whatever reason, they will do it mm. because they have that kind of power in them. I just think it's that interaction. Like, you've come across as all of that but like you've actually guarded this all from yourself or like yeah just generally for them however many years yeah do you agree with that me yeah I can see that and I think it's funny because the choices I made for male partners it was like it's so obvious it was never like 
I think I had one boyfriend who would identify and I would think is like straight. My first partner, he's so like fluid. Like even back then he was, he was a much more feminine boy. And like, we were both so like bisexual, Mm -hmm. pansexual people. And I had another partner who was openly bisexual at the time. And so like, I think I was surrounding myself in boys that were more comfortable saying it. And, and that was my way of like dipping my toe in without having to like, dive in and really do it myself yet Uh, that's really interesting um so what would you say really held you back would you say it was the fear of judgment because of like your Indian ethnicity or was it more than that I don't I think I was also just ignorant to it like I genuinely think I have fallen in love with women I know like I, (laughs) the reason I started smoking cigarettes is because there's one of my friends was so pretty and I had such a fat crush on her and she would smoke. Yeah. And I would just want to go hang out with her. Like, I know. (laughs) That is such a childhood sweetheart thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I didn't know, like, I couldn't identify that you have a crush on her. Like, it was like, just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've really gotten to know you in this um, know, episode, Misha. <laughs> Thanks so much for spilling all your secrets on our phone. Yeah, I think that um, brings us to the end. I hope you guys enjoyed that and found some interesting points and even maybe related to some of the things that we talked about learn some things that we talked about yeah you have do some introspection look (laughs) into yourself see if you are a perpetrator for cultural appropriation look into that you know accept it yeah so we're gonna put in our bio all of misha's business details make sure to check her out alchemistic studio and yeah that's it really thank you so much for joining us Misha thank you thank you for having me thank you thank you y'all are awesome until next time everyone Bye. bye bye